Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast, presented by Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. We are part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today, Kevin Ingram. Kevin appears on the guest line. That's presented by Michael Kendrick of the Kendrick Group. Michael is a local carpenter and a lifelong Vandy fan. He builds bookshelves, cabinets, picture frames, furniture, and made-to-order items like a display case for my prize, Dale Murphy jersey. I've seen Michael's work. He's a true craftsman. If you're in the market for custom woodwork, give Michael a call. That number 615-830-9458. You can also text him at that number as well. The podcast also presented by our friends at Sutherland and Belk. That's a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call. That number, 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and how they can help. We recorded this podcast on Wednesday. We're airing it on Friday. Anyway, Kevin and I talk about Vanderbilt basketball and football, so we hope you enjoy today's episode with Kevin Ingram. Kevin Ingram joins us. He is one of the play-by-play voices for Vanderbilt Athletics. Busy week. we got football and basketball going at the same time, and uh, this is one of these weeks you got to keep your calendar straight for sure. I know I do at least. Yeah, no doubt about it, Chris. It's a crazy time right now. I'm just trying to figure out what game's next and uh, get all the prep done. It's not doing the games. It's doing the prep for the games that can be uh, challenging yeah. sometimes. But, yeah, we'll figure it all out. Uh, got doing uh, men's basketball on Friday, then football on Saturday. I'm actually working at the Titans game on Sunday. Uh, going to Philadelphia on Monday. Vanderbilt plays Temple on Tuesday. Uh, I think I'm doing the women's game on Thursday of next week. Uh, Commodores play Austin T. I believe there's another game on Friday. Vanderbilt plays Moorhead State. <laughs> Football against Florida on Saturday, and then uh, we're going to California after that for the, the Thanksgiving tournament. Yes, uh, I, I think that's uh, how the schedule goes. You mean you mean you're not going to try to squeeze in a baseball scrimmage and all that? If there was a if there was a way I could do it, I certainly would. <laughs> I know uh, baseball playing the uh, the David Williams Fall Classic on Sunday. That's going to be cool. Uh, used to be, of yeah. course, called the, the Black and Gold Fall Series, but. Uh, yeah, they'll they'll finish up all training on Sunday. Let's talk hoops. We're doing this on Wednesday afternoon. There was a basketball game on Monday night against Memphis. What were your thoughts on what you saw? Uh, Chris, I, I thought the the poor start poor start really hurt. Uh, Vanderbilt just just couldn't hit anything early in the game, and especially from three point land. And Memphis's defense had something to do with that, but. You know, second half it felt like they settled in and played a little better and made some shots and in the end the three-point shooting looked respectable uh but you know it was a, it was a really slow start from behind the arc I, I really was impressed with some of the young players we saw and there was no question that uh stack was putting those guys out there to, to play quite a bit and see what they had and uh, we saw you know a stretch there in the second half where it was a lineup that was pretty heavy with freshmen i think you know probably three freshmen and maybe two older players and, and at least one of them was a transfer. So it was a, a lineup of, of new guys and learning those combinations. But Memphis's defense to their credit was really good. They switched everything. They, they had some really nice players. Uh, that, that looks like they're going to have a pretty good season. But 
Um, it felt like at times they were just controlled the game by playing good defense and not letting Vanderbilt get things going in transition. And every time Vanderbilt would show signs of life and trim it down to maybe nine or ten points, Memphis always seemed to have an answer. And they stretch it back to 14 or 15, and, and they were able to get out with a win. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny. I don't know how many other people laughed at, at the press conference when I did, but he made the comment Jerry Stackhouse did about Memphis being so old that he played with some of those guys. I mean, and that was <laughs> certainly a factor. Vanderbilt was playing a lot of freshmen, uh, and, and look, Vanderbilt's got plenty of experience too. But Memphis did have some some older kids out there too, and that that's probably. You know, and I think he hinted at this later. You know, maybe not. It's it may not be the game you want to open with, but it's the time they want to schedule it. I think they've been trying to do that for a while, and uh, maybe you'd like to have Southern Miss, which is Friday instead of Memphis first. But that's how it fell. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. It, it seemed fun going into it. Is yeah, you know, there's a lot of excitement. Hey, Kevin, I lost you. You can get out there and work out some of the kinks. Playing Memphis in that game, that, that's a hard way to start off. On the flip side of that, you find out what you have right away playing against uh, you know some dudes that have been around a while. I think DeAndre Williams is the oldest player in college basketball. I believe he's 26 years old, if I, if I remember correctly. Uh, so they have some guys that are very experienced and and I, I was hearing uh, Penny with their radio crew after the game, and he was saying they hadn't had a chance to practice together a whole lot, that they'd had some injuries that had kept them from really having a full squad available to get practice time in, and that they were learning on the fly a little bit too. But I thought they looked like a good team. And, yeah, maybe we, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see the Vanderbilt group progress as we go through the non-conference, but that's a tough one to open up against, no question. Yeah, I thought the the most – glaring thing in a bad way was that I just think they're really going to miss Scottie Pippen Jr. I mean, look, just about any team would, but I don't think the looks are the same with him not there running the floor. You just had so much to worry about with him, and that's going to take some time to get used to. Yeah, no doubt about it. 20 points a game is hard to replace, and not just the 20 points, but the attention, as you referenced, that he attracts and potentially opens things up for other players. And that, the thing I think you missed too with Scotty is when things maybe are a little stagnant with your offense and, and shots aren't going in or it's just not running smoothly, he had the ability to create offense, to manufacture points, to draw some contact, get foul, get to the free throw line or hit a three or score on a drive. He just had the ability to score and especially just down and dirty ways of getting points, whether it's like you say, drawing a foul and getting to the striper or whatever it had to be, he was always able to figure out a way to get it done. We started our prep on Southern Miss yet? I know it's a team that uh, came off a tough season a year ago. Yeah, they did. And, boy, you look at their roster, and it's a, you talk about some roster turnover. I only counted maybe four or five guys that played you know, any significant minutes for them last season. The rest of it is a, a group stocked with transfers. I mean, and you can say that about a lot of teams around the country. The transfer portal was such a big part of college basketball and college athletics, for that matter. But, yeah, this is a Southern Miss team that's all brand new. They played on Monday. They played a uh, maybe a, a Division two or Division three team and were able to win pretty handily there. Um, 
I don't think they shot it especially well in that game, but they forced a bunch of turnovers. But I, I don't know that they got you know, a, a huge test from that game. They played pretty much everybody they had. Uh, but, yeah, it looks like a, a very new team for that program that, that had a rough season last year. Of the freshmen, and I know this is way premature. We didn't get to see much of them. Uh, maybe you've been to some practice and some things I've not. Who do you think ends up being the one who contributes the most this year? That's a great question. I, I would say Colin Smith and Malik Dia, and those were two of the first ones you saw enter the game. I feel like those guys have a real chance to be big contributors. Colin looks like just a fantastic athlete, um, and, and he made a few plays in that game the other night. And Malik Dia, both of them looked a little jittery when they first got in there, especially those first shot attempts. But as they settled in, they looked a little more comfortable and a little more smooth. But I know they're really excited about those guys. Uh, Malik played at Ensworth. He's from Murfreesboro. And Colin Smith, a guy from Texas. Um, but, yeah, this looks like a pretty talented freshman group. We saw Lee Dort for a little bit the other night. He got in there and got a block. Guy with a big body. And, um, yeah, we, we saw Paul Lewis uh, as backup point guard. Do not see Noah Shelby, but I know they're pretty excited about his ability to shoot the basketball. So, yeah, we saw quite a few of those young guys. But if you really ask me to pin a couple, say Colin Smith and Malik might be the two. Yeah, I, I would say you're right on that. Lee Dort, too, didn't get into later, but had a pretty nice block he threw into the stands. I just think they're at the point there where they got two guys in front of him, and I wonder what that's going to look like. Yeah, for sure. They they have good size with with Quentin Lower Brown and Liam Robbins, two experienced big guys. You know, it's supposed to be the year of the big man in college basketball. Vanderbilt would seem to have that part of it covered. Uh, it should be able to get good production out of those dudes throughout the season. And, and Malik Diaz is a big body too. But yeah, I think Lee Dorton, seeing his progress, it's really going to be interesting to see uh, how he grows throughout the course of this season. But you know, he and, and Noah Shelby basically grew up together, or at least have for the last few years down in Texas. And um, I know they're excited to be here together, but yeah, it was it was fun to see Lee uh, make his first appearance. And as you said, they had a huge swap that ended up uh, over in the stands going into a timeout. I know it wasn't unexpected. It's what I expected based on what little I'd heard out of scrimmages and practices. But they've got Quentin Malore Brown starting ahead of Liam Robbins. Liam, of course, has put up some really nice numbers, scoring and, and rebounding, and particularly in block shots and. I know that Malore Brown gives him a lot of intangibles and, and things that Jerry likes, but are you a little surprised that they've made that choice as a starter, given that this team probably is going to need some more offense now that Pippen's gone? Uh, I, I don't know that I was really that surprised. Uh, we, we saw Liam Robbins start and Q come off the bench toward the end of last year, uh, but to begin this season, they started with Malore Brown. Uh, it's probably you know, really more about defense and, and some of those intangible things. And you know, he's a guy who typically takes charges. I, I think that was a part that Jerry Stackhouse wasn't very happy with after the game uh, when we spoke to him the other night that uh, we need to see guys getting on the floor and getting those foul calls. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're a good tandem. I'll be interested to see how much they play them together because I think there's some, some interesting things you can do when you have two big guys, especially two that, that can pass. Uh, Q is more of a guy that's going to score at close range. Although, if you told me the first shot of the season for Vanderbilt would be a Melora Brown three-pointer, I don't know that I would have uh, been able to predict that. Uh, Liam's certainly more of a threat from the outside. But I, I think both of them are going to get plenty of playing time, regardless of who's starting and who's coming off the bench. 
Yeah, I was with you. That was not the first shot I thought would would go up. But let's talk football for a minute. Disappointing outcome against South Carolina. Uh, you know, once again, Vanderbilt's in the fourth quarter with a chance to win if things go well. Uh, they did not. What did you take away from that game uh, maybe as a positive? I, I think the one positive from that game was Ray Davis. Uh, number two was, was pretty awesome carrying the football. 20 carries for 167. He had a receiving touchdown. Uh, I, I thought he, he ran as well as he has throughout the whole season. And I, I think he was recharged and rested after that second open week. Uh, I thought he was good. Uh, the emergence of Quincy Skinner scoring his first two touchdowns, one on a long play and one on a, on a play that was a, a short pass, and he, he was really patient. He made a guy miss and got into the end zone. That was pretty nice. Uh, Mike White's going to start a quarterback this week, which – in relief of A.J. Swan, who was uh, injured again against South Carolina. But, yeah, if you ask me a positive, I, I thought the play of Ray Davis and the uh, TDs by Quincy Skinner were things you can take away from that one. I'm really interested to see who sees the field more and maybe new guys. I, I think someone had said Cole Spence was out there on tight end the other night. I don't remember seeing it. I know he played some special teams. Uh, they had a walk on Nick Rinaldi playing a decent number of reps in the second half the other night, uh, which I found interesting at, at end where they're just really short on bodies at this point. Any guess on maybe who we see a little bit more of at this point? Uh, really kind of hard to say as far as you know, young guys because you know, at this point you're you know, you're at the point in the season where if you have guys that haven't played at all, you can throw them out there for these final games. you got that four-game window. You can use players. Um, one thing I would like to see, and I think everybody around this program would like to see, is that Davion Davis can, can get back on the field at some point before the season is done. Um, I know they'd love to, to see him have a chance to return finally from the knee injury that's kept him out for almost a full calendar year. He's been rehabbing that injury from the uh, Kentucky game last season. I know he's been able to at least put on the shoulder pads and get in some work this week, but um, I, I don't know how far away he is from, from actually playing in a game. But, yeah, you, you root for a guy like that who's been a cat for this team and a good leader and, and one of those vocal guys that, that they can really use, especially up front on defense. Uh, so I, I love to see if, if Davian could get in and I mean, at some point in one of these final three games and, uh, and give him a few snaps, and uh, I think everybody would feel good about that. Yeah, I was at practice on Tuesday for just a few minutes while we're waiting on the, the coaches. And I know they don't want us really – that's kind of an off-limits thing uh, to talk about what goes on there. Not that we really see much anyway. But I will say this. There was kind of a – I don't know, the body language and a sense of urgency with him and, and the way that he was going about his reps made it feel to me like we'll see him by season's end. Yeah, I hope so. And I talked to him a little bit yesterday after practice, and he, you could tell he was really itching to get back out there and play in a game. But he said he'd also gained some perspective from being on the sideline and, and trying to lead in that way and, and help some some guys on you know that defense come along. But you, know, you think about all the things that go into rehabbing an injury, especially an injury that was pretty serious. Uh, there's the surgery part of it and then there's the recovery and then there's just that long road back where you know you probably feel like you're you're isolated at times you're over there riding the bike or doing exercises or whatever you're doing while your teammates are out there practicing getting ready to play a game and he, he said it was hard to watch and and uh, see everybody 
out there in games and not be able to join his teammates and kind of watching the season go by. But uh, yeah, it'd be cool if we could uh, see number nine back on the field at some point. This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast has been made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. Just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville, but he sees regular folks like you and I as well. What people love about Jody's office is the ambiance. It's relaxing. It's friendly. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. Whether your needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody today. Call him 615-270-2322. See him at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown or the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player and a huge Commodore booster, so go and talk Vandy sports with him while you're there. Go see Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of this podcast because without it, this season would not be possible. I'm looking at the depth chart for the game against Kentucky. There's, I'd not noticed. I don't know if he was on there last week. They're now listing Leighton Nelson as their backup left tackle. I guess the move of Gunnar Hansen to guard inside is permanent-ish, perhaps. I don't know. Um Gage Pitchford is listed as the starter at right guard, backed up by Jake Ketchik. That's, I think, a new one. Uh, and Jacob Brammer with David Siegel backing up at right tackle. That's interesting because that's a lot of new faces, and they I feel like they've played a lot of pieces on the offensive line and gotten more out of these kids than I thought they would. I mean, I thought the run blocking against South Carolina was pretty good, to be honest with you. It's very interesting to see – how some of these pieces on the offensive line are getting moved around and how you're starting to see younger guys pop up on the depth chart too. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, they, they've had lots of injuries on the offensive line and, and, you know, some guys who've been starters have, have had to spend some time on the sideline. So yeah, it feels like it's been a, a patchwork line at times, but you know, I was talking to Mike right after the game the other day, he said he was really proud of those dudes that got in there and then and did a good job. And, you know, as you said, they did a good job run blocking, but, you know, you got to give your, your quarterback some time in the past game because you can't just be uh, totally one-dimensional. But yeah, it feels like for whatever they've uh, had to do in terms of uh, sub, subbing out guys for injury and, and plugging in some young players on that offensive line, that uh, you know they're getting some good experience. And uh, A.J. Blazek, I always feel like he's a, a fun guy to watch in practice when you see him out there working those, those old linemen. But yeah, it's a, you know, a chance to get some experience in this final stretch of the season for some of those guys. You know, I'd be remiss if we're talking offensive line if we don't get into Bradley Ashmore. I got a lot of respect for what that kid did. He's having surgery. I don't know that we ever asked. I mean, Clark didn't didn't volunteer, and so I didn't I didn't press him on what the issue was. But Bradley Ashmore is having surgery. What I think next sometime within the coming days, it's going to end his season. He played seventy nine snaps, which is every single one of them against South Carolina. Yeah, that was pretty remarkable, wasn't it? I don't know that he was expected to play, at least according to, to some of the conversations uh, leading into that game, but there he was. He was out there, and he was playing, and uh, that I, total props. I mean, you're talking about some tall dudes, man. That you can, you can put his name on a list. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, and it's not been a good 
a good time, and I'm, I'm not a big fan of moral victories, although we knew it was going to be important for this team to progress. I, I, I don't think people were happy about the outcome, and, and they shouldn't be. But I think this is the time of year where you start to wonder if kids have quit. And between what I – just the language, the body language I saw on Tuesday and stuff like that, it, it makes me think, you know, I don't know that they're going to win another game. I think that's going to be an uphill climb. Uh, but it, but at least it appears to me it's a team that's not packed it in at this point. No, I don't think so, Chris. I, I, I feel like the, the energy and passion and practice is about the same as it's looked all season. I was out there today for a little bit. I was out there yesterday for a while. And, you know, guys are uh, still hustling and doing all those things. And you know, I know I've heard, heard talk around about consistency and just, you know, keeping that energy up throughout these uh, practices and, you know, you know, these guys, you get to that point of the season where you practice a lot and you're, you're probably tired of that part of it. And uh, it's, it's been a tough stretch of games, but uh, you got to give them props for the energy level and, and um, level of compete uh, being still good. And you know, I've asked Clark Lee about that a couple of times. He said, well, that that's the expectation for this program. You know, we don't, there are like a lot of kudos for getting out there and playing hard and that's what you're supposed to do. And I, and I get that, but, but also, in what's been a tough season, uh, you know, credit to these guys for still getting out there and putting in the work and being enthusiastic about it. Kevin, I'm going to let you go here in a second. Any parting thoughts on topics we didn't cover today and anything that you guys would like to publicize from the school in terms of your upcoming coverage? Uh, yeah, for sure. Friday night we'll have basketball, uh, 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock tip-off uh, for Vanderbilt and Southern Miss on a women's game on Thursday night. They'll play Sanford at home and uh, coverage on the Vanderbilt Sports Network and on SEC Network Plus. And then uh, Saturday for football, pregame, 9.30 a.m. Central Time. It's going to be a, a quick turnaround for, for me to get to Lexington and, and do it all. But uh, we'll be on the air at 9.30, kickoff at 11. And also, uh, all the best to Vanderbilt's soccer team. They will play in the NCAA tournament on Friday at Clemson, 2 o'clock Central. Uh, they got an at-large bid. Darren Ambrose has done a great job of that program. They've been to the tournament five out of six years. And uh, they got an at-large bid after a tough finish in the SEC tournament, but a really nice showing down in Pensacola a couple weeks ago. Stock up on the caffeine, my friend. I will do it. That's what I do. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Kevin. Anytime, Chris. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, VandySports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And, of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VandySports.com. Follow me at ChrisLee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.